I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. It's a perfect cube. So, three, with a little three over it, three cubed, three times three times three equals 27. It's the atomic number of cobalt. It's the highest level of knowledge in Rubalak, which is Buddhism, or part of Buddhism. There are 27 books in the New Testament of Christianity. There were 27 roads to El Dorado in ancient Incan culture. There are 27 signs of the zodiac in Indian astrology. We're talking about 27. All the weird myths, possibilities, astrological stuff, number sightings, uh, people who've killed themselves at that age, that's what we're talking about today. 27 and all the weird stuff that goes along with that number. We did our episode, our 13th episode, about the number 13. Right. Kicking off, what was it, our, our Halloween season, right? Yeah. yeah. So we knew that 27 was another number that was held in reference. You know, like Joe said, uh, it's, um, it's the atomic number for uh, those little, what are they, little creatures in... Um, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, I the kobolds. Ford makes one now. Right? <laughs> it's the atomic weight of a Ford car. It's you know? 27. Yeah, so we heard that there was a, a lot of uh, outcry for us to do this episode. So uh, 27 There's is, a lot of cobalt. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Chevy cobalt owners that are like oh, up in arms. Oh, it was Ford. Like, oh, we don't, we, you know, we're mad they took away our Cavalier. Right. So we're going <laughs> to. Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. All so, right. So uh, there, there's a whole big thing. Like, you know, um, people think that it's tied in with, you know, the mysteries of the universe, that this one number holds keys to, you know, many, many questions that I'm not going to ask. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it goes down to, like, there are, uh, the total number of letters in the Hebrew and Spanish alphabet is 27. The number 27 is used on cigarettes, airplanes, songs, and movies, and TV. I even found this really cool video that we'll put on uh, on the page of just clips, so many clips of movies and TVs where it's in the the dialogue, where it's on a door, where it's purposely on something that is in frame, is in in picture, uh, whether it's either foreboding or it's just you know a walk by where it's, oh door twenty seven is where people get killed, you know it's it's in pop culture even to this day. It's a uh, when it when it comes down to numerology, I think you have all these spooky, spook. There's a lot of spooky numbers. You know, thirteen thirteen's the end all be all. You know, and then everybody everybody jumps on seven. But there are people who go to casinos who play the number twenty seven, mm-hmm. and they what play it? it specifically because of it. And it's and it seems like they you know the guys like if I if I hit put a million dollars on twenty seven. You know, I'm going to make $27 million or something. Because you know, it's just, that's, that's, how, that's how people think about it. It's, it's the numerology is the of, the, of the curious things that you all talk about on the podcast, I think numerology is the, it, it's pretty far out there. It's more far out there than haggis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but at least that's where haggis comes from. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, it's just the fact that you said that it's, so it's, um, 
so you said the the it's the so it's the cube right mm -hmm. so three times three times three so if you actually take a cube and 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 count all the lines that are in a cube it comes up to 27 yep. is that is that correct yeah and it's also the number seven pieces in a rubik's cube the numbers two and seven when you add the numbers between two and seven equals 27 yeah so two you three, guys just blew my mind two, three four <laughs> five six Seven, twenty-seven. Okay, so uh, I just also <laughs> want to mention the fact that we've been talking for five minutes and haven't introduced our guests. Oh, how yeah. rude of us! How rude! Well, first off, uh, we're not guests, but my name is Christopher Scarborough. I'm Joe Taylor, and we have uh, two amazing guests with us. Who wants to go first? Raise your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll be first since Don doesn't want to be first. <laughs> Don clearly Don doesn't want to be say first. Say his name and you say Don, be first. <laughs> no, go be first. I've, I've got nothing. Hi, well, my name is Ray Roten from the band Bond and Bentley. Hi, Ray. Welcome Hi, to Ray. the podcast. Chris and Joe, God, it's so good to see you. Ray was on our uh, our Star Wars episode, and uh, he is a musician, so he decided to come on back for twenty seven because mm -hmm. we we might talk about musicians later. Maybe a little bit. Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why we have our other guest on. Yep. Crickets. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Mr. Donald Zellner. Hmm? <laughs> Here. Present and accountable, yeah. right? Uh, Don is also a uh, musician, and a uh, he's worked in many, many amazing bars and venues in and around Baltimore. And, uh, and we've done him for a long time. And you would also know him from our Joey Ramone episode. That's right. You know, this, this is a, it's a topic that I think a lot of people can get behind. I think it's an eerie topic. And, uh, you know, if Jim Carrey made a movie about it, I think it's something we should really. That was, that was 23. 23? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we missed that episode. Yeah, no, that was a while back. This is, if you look at all of the stuff, it is almost the same thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Very similar. When you were saying, um, like different numbers, 7, uh, 13, 27, uh, 23 is another one with its own kind of enigma and, and um, you know, very, very similar. There's just a lot of similarities. I think um, a lot of the uses of 27 in popular culture are probably in some way, you know, kind of a nod to some of the biblical and spiritual things where I think 23 tends to be just a little more... Less literal, I guess, yeah, or less, yeah. uh, just less spiritual and more. I mean, even though it ties in with that, just, just more random, I think, and that's part of it, I guess. Right. So, right. are any of you actually frightened by the number twenty-seven? No. no, no, no. But I wasn't frightened of thirteen either. I'm not frightened of twenty-three. I'm a little bit more frightened of forty. That is a big number. It's a big number, Chris. I'm, I'm staring down the barrel, buddy. <laughs> I just turn. I just hit 36. Oof. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Father Time is, uh, you know, he's a undefeated. Cruel, he he's undefeated. Right? He's a cruel master. But he was at a walk it. Father, Father Time. He's undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> he's never. He's never lost. I, my uh, my 27th Whoa. year was, I think, a pretty good one. I remember that one. I don't remember. No, that. not really. Yeah. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. But um, anyway, Joe, uh, what else do you have for uh, for the number? 
All right. Let's get into it because I've just got weird facts, but it's mostly like, oh, this person dead. Yeah, at twenty-seven years old. I mean, it's. Um, it's, I, the last one in your paper was the one that I loved. Yeah, yeah I, that's why I said like I, Well, when I was looking at stuff uh, over the past two days, like of like, you know, just kind of trying to prep for it or whatever. The last one you say is like, like really like somebody sat there and like, <laughs> who who's the speedometer? <laughs> yeah, who's got the speedometer and on the sunglasses? Yeah, out on a sunny day. All right, there, go. There's a guy <laughs> in a sterile environment somewhere. In Montana, and his job <laughs> is to sit there and get the miles per hour of this one thing. Uh, human ejaculation travels at 27 miles an hour every single time. On average, it is okay. 27. So it's the average. So I'm talking like nine out of ten. You're, you know, that's a really 27 strange. miles an hour. What exactly. Is it? See, isn't it? Now it's happening. This is isn't thing. it. Well, no, I mean, did he, how, like, did he have to watch a lot of pornography to figure that out? Like, what? <laughs> Speed capture? No. Yeah, like motion it's, capture? It is basically, like, oh my god, is there like a, is there like a super high-speed camera? It is. Of a guy just, <laughs> of a guy just, just yanking it, just, and then there's just, <laughs> You ever seen, you ever seen the, 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 you know, uh, his, or the planet, animal planet, where the, the frog is catching the fly with the tongue. Yeah, it's, it's that shot, but not with a froggy. It's, oh, that's <laughs> one would yeah. one would hope. Yeah, all you hear is oh my background. god, and oh. that would have to be like I you know I gotta have like I gotta have noise on when that happens anyway. <laughs> and could you imagine the uh, the slow mode the slow motion <laughs> noise of it? The strobe in the background. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, that's right. Next thing. Next topic. Mythbusters. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where, where are those guys at for that thing? I don't know. You know why? Why are they out there like not doing real myths? Because they do Mythbusters, not Milfbusters. <laughs> and that goes back to what we were talking about in the car. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. That's yeah. not what the podcast is about. All right. <laughs> so, in Stephen King's book, it, the creature, or Tim Curry, Tim Curry <laughs> returns every twenty-seven years to that little town of Derry. Oh, so like uh, like a locust. Yeah. Yeah. But Tim okay. Curry style. Here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love you. Oh, dude, just do the. They all float down here, Johnny. Just do it for me. If <laughs> Georgie, you'll float down here. <laughs> and you'll float too. <laughs> Alright, uh, there are 27 bones in the human hand. To help with that 27 mile an hour ejaculate. Well, you know, <laughs> at one for each bone. Mm -hmm. The moon takes 27 days to orbit the Earth. Well, that's, yeah, that's the, the lunar cycle or yeah. whatever. I thought it was 29 uh, days. It's no, 27. 27. But the sun revolves on its axis every 27 days as well. What? The, uh, what? Yeah, this is uh -huh, seriously. This uh -huh. is this is why twenty-seven figures into numerology so yeah, much. Deeper down the this number is also, hole. This is the reason why people don't leave their house. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I mean, it, like I I, fear of zombies. I, <laughs> no matter no matter what A and E tells you. you know? <laughs> right. By the way, who's cutting the grass on The Walking Dead? 
I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, that was pretty funny. Yeah. It's got the grass. Yeah. It's not the zombies. The, I, I guess it's because they're stomping all over it, right? I mean, you I know. guess. Oh, there's probably wild goats, you know? When? Deer. Who has. Who has who, who is a wild, who has wild goats in Atlanta? I'm, hey, I'm just. There's a zoo? There's a lot. Is there a zoo, Donnie? I'm sure. Of course. Yeah. There has Somewhere. to be a there's zoo. Got, I'm sure there's and, an Atlanta zoo, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, the zombies aren't attacking, you know, deer. You know, <laughs> they deer. do. They, they attack yeah. deer in the, yeah. all the episodes. No, they this don't. This is not the Talking Dead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, right. but yes, right, they yeah. attack deer all the time and eat them. In, in all, do you have you ever even watched the show? Uh, like the first season. <laughs> then, okay, then in my mind, okay, there weren't any deer in the first season. In my mind, there is one zombie holding another zombie by the feet. Oh, and they're walking them like <laughs> right. like the dinosaurs in the Flintstones. <laughs> right, and the zombies are eating the grass. That's how the grass gets cut. Alright, so this this goes as far as the value of the colored balls in the game of snooker adds up to 27. That's how deep this goes, guys. Snooker balls? Snooker balls. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That sounds like someone's nickname on the Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> snooker balls. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, you got them snooker balls up there? <laughs> snooker balls. It's racist. I didn't know. It's racist. racist. This sounds racist. I'm sorry. How is it racist? I don't know. I don't know, gravy face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't sure on that sounds one. I'm sorry. It sounds racist. All right. Uh, a croquet lawn is 27 meters long. A lawn tennis court is 27 feet wide. A lawn tennis court? Like as in like just regular tennis? I, I guess it's different than a than lawn tennis. Well, there's lawn tennis, and then there's um, which I think is called badminton. No, 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 it's like it's lawn tennis because they have it on actual real for real grass. For real, yeah. Grass. But the the dimensions at Wimbledon are the same dimensions that are at that are on any other uh, tennis court. Not a yeah, lawn but is there a difference court. between clay and clay and lawn? I guess or asphalt. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. it, I guess it's like regulation. The regulation size of a tennis court has to be a. Now, I think the regulation size of a of a, bat, of, a of a tennis court has to be the same. But maybe lawn tennis is a completely different you know, game. Miss, maybe lawn tennis. Maybe. Is, you maybe could end this debate, Mister yeah. Google. <laughs> I, I guess I could. I guess. Yes. I could. Do you really want me to look it up? I'll look. Where we can speculate for twenty minutes. I'll just do know. that. I, either I way. love speculation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe just woke up. He's he's that's right. He's ready to speculate. <laughs> Three hours of sleep in the past two days. That's you know, it's good stuff. It says twenty-seven. What? On the regulation? Yeah. Tennis court? Yeah. All right. Well, then there we go. Cool. Then lawn tennis and regulation. Oh, this one's in meters. I don't even know meters. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Northeast High School. Right. So it takes 27 days for a human cell to regrow. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is, I mean, 27 seriously. 27 days. All of these yeah. happen to be 27. Yeah. Be, I, the whole, the moon, the sun, the earth, and everything revolves. The ejaculate, at the hand. At 27 and. Oh my God, the ejaculate. And the hand. And the hand. 27. The sun and the moon. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Everything goes like together. conspiracy theory level stuff right here. Beyond all of that stuff, what, what we've gathered these two people here for is to talk about something called the 27 Club. Do you guys want to chime in about the... Mm, mm, mm? 
good? No, not really. No. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm having a good time just why. listening to the show. <laughs> I don't remember why I stopped in. <laughs> I didn't even come to be on the show. I just came to watch the show live while it's actually being recorded. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we can say recorded live in front of the it's studio live audience. Studio. <laughs> audience of one. Right. Still counts. I know. <laughs> hey. They tip. It's all good. All right. So here's here's what I know. It, the original 27 Club started back in the 60s. Woo! Nope. <laughs> no? no, sir. All right, well, school me. Maybe the 1860s, right. maybe. Yeah. Um, well, when it was first coined as being the 27 Club. In popular culture, yes. That's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. In popular culture. Right. I'll no, look this is, slide. I'm saying the actual term 27 Club was coined after Brian Jones. Uh, well, I don't know because I don't speak Jimi German. Jimi Hendrix. But there were there were there were a few classical composers. I that... I know, but they that was after the fact. When it could have been the Hunten Hunten Clubben. No, but what I'm saying is, someone coined this in uh, late '60s, saying. What, yeah. What's with all these musicians? They're all dying at 27. It, what are they, you know, it's like a freaking club, you know? And from that, everybody before the, these four people and everybody after has been kind of automatically indoctrinated into the 27 club. That's certainly true. That's what I'm saying. That's it, I'm not saying that there's a timeline that they had to follow. I'm saying someone coined this in the 60s. And then now everybody kind of lumps them in as being part of this club. So the originals from, from the popular culture mention of it are Brian Jones, Rolling Stones, who drowned in his pool. Supposedly. Supposedly. Death by Misadventure. Yes, yeah. Also Bill and Ted. Or, mm -hmm. or Death by Mick and Keith. Or that, yeah. Um, Jimi Hendrix, Asphyxiation. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Uh, Janis Joplin. Yep. OD. Pretty much the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jim Morrison of The Doors. And it's still kind of up in the air what he died of, but they... Or if at all. Or if at all, <laughs> right. Though most probably people, by now. Yeah, but most people say heart failure <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. because of the way he lived. And it's weird because everybody who died, and those four who died, they were all within a two-year span of dying, mm -hmm. you know. So between 69 and 1971, all four of those people died. But one of the things that I, that I wanted to, to touch on when you guys asked me about it, about doing this, was that I think you got to look at the lifestyle of these people. To oh, yeah. with. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's not a coincidence <clears throat> as to the point that you know, these are just hard-living people, man. You know, well, you, you got, you so got, you're just saying the drugs were better back then. Well, the, um, the life well, and times. Hold I'm, on. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying the ability to resuscitate someone who's ODing or you know, like there were no epipens. Yeah, I mean, we're not going over to uh, to Eric, what's his face's house? Yeah, and we're stabbing, <laughs> stabbing the girl Ooh, in the heart. We're gonna stab it <laughs> three times yeah. with the adrenaline. Yeah, the adrenaline. Pen. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> you know, no, we don't, you don't have to stab her three times. No, anyway. But the life and time, I mean, that, that whole... You got a felt pen? A felt pen! <laughs> like, who calls it that? Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Alright, so sorry, I'm sorry. I'm breaking your thought. I'm sorry. So, the 60s, you know, it's the hip happening in the 60s. You've got the 
sexual whatever the hippies are doing with the music is totally changing you know the the plane of existence for most people like music is going crazy and um there's a there's a huge social upheaval and there's so much going on yeah excess back then was enormous yeah but it was it wasn't like 80s excess where it was like we got lots of money so we can do lots of blow it was well, the like, idea of the idea of superstardom was so new then yeah you know at least in the 80s people had time to be like oh yeah remember what happened to those people in the in the 60s, 60s. <laughs> right i mean there's now like, let's I just mean, do more of it yeah, yeah, yeah. for for the uh for the royal caribbean cruise line to put the right amount of lifeboats on the titanic has to happen yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there's little things like that in, you know, that someone has to be the trailblazer and even in death, somebody has to be the trailblazer in that situation. Yeah. You know, you have these, you have people like, you have people like Led Zeppelin, you have like, you know, a guy like Robert Plant who's 20 years old and he becomes the biggest thing in rock and roll music. Yeah. And then you throw a whole bunch of money and cocaine at him. Yeah. What does he got? What else? And touring the world. Yeah. My God. Yeah. I mean, I, if I was, if I was 18 and you know, the band started doing Good at eighteen, I'd be a mess. I, you'd be you'd be peeling me off the side of the road right now. Yeah, I know. Or, or, or I'd be in Khlihead. Yeah, I think I think we were, we've all been in that spot where it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and we're playing this one really kick-ass show, and it's like maybe we could do something, maybe uh, you know, and then you're. Well, I think the thing is, that. is that I think you you turn to the drugs and the alcohol. I mean, in my case, it's definitely it's the alcohol more than the drugs, but like, I think uh, you turn to it because you want to replace that high you get from having a great show you yeah know, you get done playing stage you get done playing everybody goes home yeah what the hell are you doing yeah. what, what happens for the rest of the night driving 18 hours the yeah what stage. do i gotta do now <laughs> yeah. you know like it's so it's i could see how the how these you know young men and women who get thrust into this new social life that has never had a precedent mm -hmm. beforehand yeah there's no uh there's no rule book yeah. And there's no one checking you either because it's yeah. the 60s and 70s. Yeah, there's, like, there's, there's no. There's oh, she's crazy kids, man. Just let them go, man, because they're just doing their thing, right? Well, you know, yeah. that's. Well, that's the, the flip side of it is then you have the, you know, how often does um, uh, drug and alcohol abuse go hand in hand with creativity and artistic sorts? So you have people like that. I mean, again, if focusing on the 60s, you know, the psychedelic revolution. Uh, plenty of artists that you know certainly in my opinion only got better after that Beatles. Um, yeah exactly yeah. you know nobody can deny that yeah you know they went from pop schmaltz yeah. to what is this stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean they they took it to a far deeper level than anybody else you know save for Bob Dylan as far as popular culture goes you right know, obviously there's right. plenty of people like the fugs and stuff doing that sort of thing but you know nobody on that level yeah you know. yeah the upper echelon well i think the thing when you get down to it is you have these uh you know the drugs and alcohol are the way to get outside of yourself yeah because mm -hmm. you're you're sitting at your house trying to write a song sober everything sounds stupid you know like oh that's a dumb lame but then <laughs> and then you know but then you know you add you know x y and z to the mix and all yeah. of a sudden you can take a step outside of that of that that fear because mm -hmm. I mean, because I think that's the biggest thing overcoming yeah. to try to be a performer. You know, and Chris, I mean, you went, you know, when you were in the band, mm -hmm. and then now you're doing with the sideshow thing. You know, I mean, you got to admit that before you actually show someone the product, 
you're like, I'm going to F it up. Like, I'm going to oh, screw it up. Yeah, all the time. And in fact, literally right up into the moment that I go on. Yeah. I decide whether I'm going to cut certain feats that I'm performing or change the pattern because of the way I'm looking at the crowd or what they seem to interact with, with the person that went on before me, the band or whatever. Um, but, but, you know, with me, it's also, you know, you, you take, um, you take what you're performing and, and you know, uh, you talk about what's happening that night. You know what I mean? You can change that up. But, mm -hmm. you know, what I was, what I kind of wanted to talk about, um, we were talking about, you know, a lot during the sixties, but you know, and the thrill with taking drugs, but there's there's some people who got their thrills in other ways. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to mention James Dean. Oh yeah. So yeah. you know James Dean, uh, you know he was an actor. He wasn't even a he wasn't a musician. So it's right. not like he got his immediate feedback from applause. He would have to he would do his his acting, and then you know people would go see his movie a year later. Yeah. Then like oh my goodness. And exactly. Yeah. So he didn't he he wasn't you know having that immediate feedback. But right. you know he got his thrills. You know he did a lot of racing. You mm -hmm. know and he had his little his uh. His uh, Porsche. Spider. Yes, yeah, Spider. It, it was, uh, what did he call it? Little Bastard? Yep. Uh, was the name of it. And, uh, and uh, I mean, he uh, wrecked it. You know, that was it. Done at 27 years old. You yeah, know, well, talent that, snuffed out. There's a whole curse that goes along with that, that car. Yeah, that was one of the well. things I also wanted to discuss. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the uh, Little Bastard, all of the parts was uh, eventually bought mm -hmm. by uh, this guy. And every time. He put those parts into another Porsche and sold that Porsche. That would also get into a car wreck, like right. every single one. So, like all the parts are scattered. But I mean, you know, people trying to fix their vehicles. If they get a hold of one of those parts, you know, there's yeah. people that really think that there's a, a curse on that. Yeah. And it just continues to crash over and over and over again. Right. In right. that that fateful wreck with a uh, little bastard. Mm -hmm. That little bastard. <laughs> So, all right, so uh, I was talking about Little Bastard. I read up a little bit more about it. So Little Bastard. Little, little Bastard, it, uh, the wreck, the carcass of the car, shall we say, uh, was sold to um, was sold to uh, a guy named Barris for uh, $2,500. It would have been better if it was $2,700. Not Steve Barris, the car designer, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? I believe so. Yeah. He's the guy who designed the, the Dragula and the, oh, is he? Um, yeah, and the Adams Family car and yeah. a bunch of crazy '70s cars. Yeah, Steve Barris. Oh, that's crazy. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Uh, American Pickers guys went and saw them. Yeah, saw yeah. him. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so he sold the uh, engine and drivetrain to two different guys, Troy McHenry and William Escher. While they were both racing each other in cars that different parts were in of each of their cars from Little Bastard, uh, McHenry lost control of a tree uh, and hit a tree, killing him instantly. And Escher was seriously injured when his car suddenly locked up uh, and rolled over while going into a turn. Barris had two tires from Little Bastard untouched in Dean's accident. He sold them not long after that and both blew out simultaneously on someone else's car causing the car to go off the road. It's pretty awesome. Were any of them 27? Uh, I don't know, but it just <laughs> 27 it's like 27. It's wow. just multiplied. Okay, so two of the thieves while trying to steal the steering wheel and the seat were both injured because the blood-stained tartan seat, they, they both got injured while they were trying to steal it and got caught. Wow. Yeah, so uh, then after that, the um, uh, they got, Bears got tired of like, 
what was happening every single time he tried to sell a piece of it. So the California Highway Patrol uh, said, you know, lend it to us and we'll have it as a highway safety exhibit. You know, one of the right. finest actors of the day. This so, is amazing. So they put it in a garage uh, before the exhibit. They had it stored in a garage. The garage caught fire and burned <laughs> wow. down. What's weird about it is Little Bastard stayed almost completely intact and had almost no damage to it. Wow. So they took it to another high school exhibit and they had it up on display where it fell off the display and broke another student's hip. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. It just, hold this on, thing is out to kill. There's a little bit more. It's like Christine, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's great, right? So, or the car. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <clears throat> then uh, they were towing, trying to tow it back to, uh, to Barrett's uh, shop, and it fell off the back of a, of a, 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 a truck. Mm-hmm. Like that was towing it. It just fell off the back, and and then like there's stories that it did that two more times and trying to tow it places. Wow. So fall fell off the back. It didn't actually hurt anybody. So that what was time. happening <laughs> that time? Yeah. That time, the California Highway Patrol then uh, w- was uh, t- trying to tow it back to uh, to to Barris, and eventually the car just sort of disappeared. No one's ever seen it since. So really, no one knows where it is. There is a, a story that there might be a piece residing at the historic auto attraction museum mm-hmm. in Illinois. Um, you know, so <laughs> if we find out about that burning down eventually, you know, come on, feel the Illinois. Yeah. So, wow. all right. That's crazy. All right. So I've got a few that I want to talk about. And now we're, we're actually talking about suicides, deaths of, you know, famous people. So, you know, I mean, we're not making light of, of death and or suicide. Uh, these are just notable people in the suicide club. So the first one I want to talk about is Jonathan Brandis. Yeah. Sequest. Ah, see, that's... Ladybugs. I, I don't remember that. I remember Neverending Story Part 2. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't, thankfully. <laughs> Who, <laughs> Who, is about? Who is this guy? Jonathan Brandis. He the was kid from Sequest. Oh, Neverending Story okay. Part 2. Hold on. Wasn't, wasn't <laughs> How about the other person who knows him from Sequest? I don't remember that. I don't even know what Sequest is. Roy, Roy Scheider from Jaws yeah. was a submarine captain of a giant submarine that went all over the globe mm-hmm. in the I, future. I've seen it in passing, now, but yeah. never, never committed to it. Yeah. Well, hold on, it's basically like Star Trek under under the sea. Yeah. Was was you show he showed Ray showed me the picture. Does is he like is he like uh, was he on like Home Improvement or something? No, he looks he like one looks of those kids. a lot like that. Does he just kid. he just yeah, looks one like of those that three letter? He just looks three. douchey enough to be that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. But everybody looked like that in the late nineties. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, he died in November uh, November twelfth, two thousand three. Yes, and he's uh, one of the newer. Uh, now, how did how did he die? Uh, they found him. Um, I think in his living room, uh, he had hung himself. Okay. Um, and people said that for the like month or two before that, he was super depressed. Like his career was had kind of stalled out, and uh, say heavy drinking, lots of drugs, and one of his really close friends even heard him talking about, you know, offing himself, and nothing was ever kind of taken seriously, I guess. You know, I guess it's the, the woes of being yeah. a famous person, you know? Let alone child star. Yeah, especially the child stars, yeah. <laughs> Their life expectancies are, yeah, you know, low. But yeah, um, so it's just 
27 years old. Mm. You know, now he's in the club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Joseph Merrick. Some mm. people would say John Merrick, but... Yeah, there's there's a little confusion about that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and we've talked about him before, the Elephant Man. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's a weird... Weird circumstances. After he got moved to the London hospital, um, he, he he was never able to to lie down comfortably and sleep. It would, it would kill him, right? Yeah, basically the, the the size and the weight of his head and the the way his his spine was deformed and shaped, he couldn't lay down without you know giving himself you asphyxiating. Know, giving, yeah, headaches <laughs> or yeah, was pressure. He choke himself. Yeah, asphyxiation. Yeah. So there's this weird thing that um, after he became really good friends with the Queen mm-hmm. and uh, started to become sort of a you know a popular guy in around London, but he's still battling this this you know deformity and probably f- dealing with a lot of internal stuff as well. So they said that they believe in an attempt to be normal. He started to try to lay down and pretend like he was he, everybody else. Mm. And um, they found him one, one morning in his bed, laying down, covers over him, dead. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, a weird fact of, about Joseph Merrick, I don't know if you know this, but he is not an animal. <laughs> so, I actually, well, actually, I am not an animal. Played by who? John Hurt. John Hurt. And David Bowie. On the stage. stage. Yes. Amazing. Now, wasn't, um, there was, uh, in in the movie, wasn't that, wasn't that a Kubrick movie or something? Who was David Lynch. Lynch. I'm sorry. Lynch. I apologize. It was a Lynch movie, (laughs) not a Kubrick movie. My fault. Mm. Uh, Oh, God. Don't make fun of me, Don. You think I know, like, I just wanted to point that out. Cut that all out. I, I should note, out. too, what's what's interesting is uh, David Bowie performed without any makeup at all. Uh, just by, you know, he had studied mime and stuff prior to that. And just through contorting his body and his mannerisms, uh, he played off by all accounts an award-winning performance of the but Elephant Man. Still the prettiest Elephant Man portrayed. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, also, uh, it's just but John Hurt was amazing too. Yeah, just just kind of a, a weird fact. Uh, I also had a uh, I had a uh, a John Merrick uh, um, costume one year yeah. for mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, actually sewed it up uh, with a pantyhose shoved, stockings. yeah, shoved into you know with the with the just the white like pillow filling. Mm. Yeah, and had like a helmet. You know what I mean, and then made a big gigantic foot as a spat. That was an awesome costume. It was an awesome cons- costume. I thought you were an exploding potato sack at first, <laughs> but once, once you told me what it was, it was spot on. Well, yeah, well the was... thing is, is like, um, were you a skinnier man then? No, not by much. Because the thing is, to really pull off uh, be elephant man, you got to be tiny and and skinny. Yeah, yeah like, like to get the lumps, cauliflower yeah. stuff yeah. going yeah. on. Like, yeah, I could have yeah. just thrown a girdle on, and I would have been okay. <laughs> And I was, I was, I was so glad you brought that that up. Well, that was so he died August eleventh, eighteen ninety, and he was a sideshow performer. And um, yeah, so I mean, like, like I was saying, Don, like, yeah, he died way before the it was coined the Twenty Seven Club, but now he's actually, you know, 
in the part of it by default. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the last one I wanted to bring up was uh, Jean Michael Pesquet. Basquet, yes. Basquet. Jean Michel. Jean-Michel Basquet. Basquet. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable artist, unbelievable personality, and uh, yeah, OD'd after Dan uh, Andy Warhol died. But I mean, it was wasn't did, didn't Andy Warhol like bring him into the fold? He was like a street artist or something. Uh, like a in, a, in a loose yeah. manner, I mean, he went under the name Samo and did a bunch of uh, you know street art and. He was he was getting some acclaim before Warhol, but I mean at that point in time, no one was bigger in New York and you know, quite possibly the world. So, having somebody like that look at your art and be like, "Oh yeah, he's the next thing." Yeah, and they were you know, was, friends too. Was right? huge. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, there was a lot uh, because, you know, another case of somebody getting into harder drugs uh, once they could afford a lot of them. I guess uh, Besquiat got into heroin pretty heavily and. You know, I think Warhol tried as best he could to actually be a friend and discourage that. But, right. you know, he would relapse a lot and had actually cleaned up. Uh, him and Warhol were working on a few collaborative pieces. They had done a collaboration show, which was a huge success. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, uh, Warhol died from his gallbladder. And then, you know, basically a year later, uh, Jean-Michel OD'd. Yeah. You know. It was that 1988? Yeah, eighty-eight. Yeah. Tough times in the eighties. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so my act, the scarred and dangerous thrill show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curioso. Now, all dangers considered, a moment with dangerous deed. When I was 27, 27 doctors asked me 27 questions over 27 days. Only allowed 27 glasses of water, 27 apples, and 27 meatballs. I bit 27 people, 27 times, in 27 different places. They gave me 27 pills and 27 shots to take in 27 hours. 27 notes were written in 27 minutes, 27 times, over 27 weeks. After 27 tests, 27 specialists told me I had 27 problems over 27 days. 27 analysts with 27 reports showed 27 occurrences of me saying 27, 27 times in this rant. This translates to 27% brain damage. Alright, so I wanted to talk about uh, that... I know you guys, you guys don't really care about athletes, but <laughs> athletes. I, thought this, I thought this was a good one. This was a good one. Uh, this guy, Andres Escobar, he was a uh, Colombian soccer player. Uh -huh. um, now, as you guys may or may not know, I don't know what you're... You do understand there's something called the World Cup. Yeah. And that's like the biggest thing soccer does. Yeah, it's like a huge 
thing that ever, what do they all drink out of it or something? It, yeah, it's, it's a trough. trough. It's a giant trough. It's a trough. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like the style. Stanley Cup, mm -hmm. but uh, it's not made out of power tools. Doesn't the Stanley Cup... <laughs> Doesn't it keep save on that? Can you sit save after that? Now? <laughs> right. All right. Doesn't that keep on getting bigger, like every year? Yeah, they no, uh, it's it's gotten to a size where they're they're it's gonna leave unmanageable. It. Yeah, but what they do is is they they uh they because they engrave everyone's name onto the rings, mm -hmm. and what they do is they just take a ring off and put a brand new ring on. Okay. So when they bring that onto the ice, does it just go right through the ice? Does it go right through the ice? Yeah. What? Because it's so big that the Stanley's Cup. So if you had any European or South American followers, you know. Oh, we've lost you, them now. You might have yeah, we're talking out. about hockey. Yeah. Soccer. All right. So, yeah, so this guy. So this guy. Um, first off, what he did wrong was he scored an own goal, where basically he uh, kicked it into his own net in a World Cup game. So he shot outside of a bar in Colombia, and uh, so this guy, like, he was uh, basically he was a heavy gambler. Uh, himself, mm -hmm. and uh, I think he'd gotten in with the wrong people to begin with, and uh, you know this guy. <laughs> Excuse me, Donnie's barking. Whoa, whoa! He just loves soccer. I mean, soccer, <laughs> soccer fanatic. It's a it's a little known soccer chant. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, all so, the soccer hooligans yeah. up in the what is that Canton? Uh, <laughs> The barking yard lease, you know. We're, <laughs> right. We're known in the Essex area. I don't expect you. Right one. <laughs> so sorry, Ray. So he, oh, got, oh, so so he got shot. Yeah. Uh, so he, 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 he got murdered. Well, the thing was, is like his his own goal was what got Colombia. But they they lost the game and they were out of the tournament because of that goal. And uh, there's a lot of people that think there was a conspiracy that like he was in with the gamblers. And then uh, I guess the wrong side didn't win enough money, so they went and shot his ass. So this is like a that old, you know, the old, uh, you know, throwing the fight. Oh yeah, man. I mean, uh, people thought he may have thrown the game for. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, basically, he, uh -huh. like he was, you know, soccer's. Oh, it's soccer's huge, huge, man. man. Soccer's huge, huge. And um, the other one I wanted to do was uh, Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman played defensive back for the Arizona Cardinals, and. Uh, after 9-11 uh, happened, he quit playing professional football, and he joined in the Army. Uh, and he was killed by friendly fire in Afghanistan. Ooh. Wow. Uh, which is crazy to think about. So, I mean, he's, so this guy drops his NFL career where he's making millions of dollars. He, was, uh, he, had a, he, turned, down a, he turned down an offer for uh, $3.6 million over a three-year period to go and enlist in the Army. Uh, he served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, in 2004, he was, uh, along with an Afghan militiaman, he was killed by a uh, friendly fire while on patrol. Wow. And, uh, I mean, that's just, you know, it's just two sports guys who, you know, I mean, I guess the one guy was a little shady, but this guy's going over to defend his country or whatever. And, you know, it's just yeah. an odd thing. And he, both 27, I mean, yeah. that's just... This number is ridiculous. It this is. number is, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got the 32. You know, I'm, we're good. We're good. <laughs> right, right. We're good, man. He's we're past hit, it. Hit Chris's uh, big 4-0 and then... And I'm not 40 yet. I didn't say you are. <laughs> I said... Dude, if I get to 40, I'll be dread, man. The dread of 40. Yeah. Don, what do you got on, on, on Robert Johnson, man? I'm pretty sure you got to... Yeah, he's... Besides uh, deal with the devil at the crossroads. <laughs> he's an interesting character, for sure. Um... I mean, as far as 
what music has been recorded, I would say he's probably most influenced rock and roll more than any other bluesman. Uh, certainly just about everything Led Zeppelin did, um, early on at least, is almost a direct ripoff of Robert Johnson. Let me ask you this, let me ask you this question. Now, I, I get in a lot of trouble with this because the three guys in the band love Led Zeppelin, and I don't like Led Zeppelin. Oh, I can't stand Led Zeppelin. I'm not a big fan of Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, I, do, I do recognize the talent, and I think, you know, Robert Plant's voice is incredible and all that stuff. Does that get on your nerves a little bit, knowing that they ripped off so many people and no one ever talks about that? Yeah, but it's, that happens all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, I mean, particularly at the time that they were doing that, it's just, I, I think in a lot of ways they were the most blatant, but then again, you know, they, they put the biggest spin on it, you know, like they, they, they definitely made it their own, you know. Yeah, and they were I English, mean, which helps. Yeah. You know, oh, they're from different country. They don't know what this stuff, and, and they know what it is. But you know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it gives them a little extra, like, street cred, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, the other thing is, too, that they never stopped citing these people as influences in interviews and exactly. stuff, you know? Exactly, that too. And I mean, I, I am not the biggest Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, my mom was a fan, and I have some nostalgia for some of their albums, and I can view them objectively. And, you know, they are great monuments. It's, it's, you know, rock and roll Wagner. Nothing else sounds like that. You know, Cashmere, you know, forget it. It's mm -hmm. it's an amazingly written song. There's great orchestration. It's, you know, a wall of sound. And, you know, Dazed and Confused, where Page would play gu the guitar with the bow and everything. I mean, there are, you know, some interesting, unique things in that band. But, you know, I, I genuinely side with you know they're they're not the most original thing right and they just figured out even even in the the heavy metal debate i'm i'm general general generally always going to pick sabbath just because like yeah i don't even, i don't even know how they would get in that category they were heavy and loud but this, you know so was cream it was, it, was, it was a decibel thing not a yeah, yeah. not a crunchiness yeah. yeah but i mean the influencers are there the high-pitched shrieky you know singer the the you know the crunch and the minimalism of it. I mean, yeah. I think they have songs that stand as heavy metal, but you know, but it's not. they're they're the exception to the rule, not the main. Yeah, but if you go by that criteria, then you know they would be Judas Priest. You yeah, know? yeah. All right, so, so I you know, I apologize to bring it on back to Robert Johnson for a minute. But, yes, please but do. The, but the fact <laughs> that the, it's not just the fact that he died at. At 27 years old, but he oh, has no. some very mysterious oh, yeah. circumstances to his mm -hmm. death. Yeah. I mean, he, he you think he was poisoned, right? Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, I mean, poisoned with strychnine. And there's yeah. like this whole story about uh, another uh, blues musician, Sonny Williams, yep. who uh, knocked a bottle out of his hand and told him not to not to drink out of an open bottle. You never do that. Yeah. So he grabbed another bottle. Might get roofied. Yeah. Well, he, he grabbed another <laughs> bottle and dead. Uh, you know and continued to drink it, and uh, that's what. The poison was in the second bottle. Yeah. So I, I mean, really, I mean, who killed him? And the fact that, like, you know, he talked about dying near a country crossroads, you know, and mm -hmm. the whole his you know song about you know the crossroads being where you meet the devil. Yeah. You know, it just seems like a really uh, strange coincidence. Yeah. Twenty-seven. Yep. Telling you, he's a. Uh you know, quite quite possibly the biggest influence on what we call rock and roll music. Yeah. Well, I, I was I was listening to uh, you know I don't know some 
radio show that I listened to, and they were talking about how how he not you know he in, influenced all these people, but it's kind of like an obscure record that not even a whole lot of people had. It's not like you know he had to sit, what did he sat um, facing a uh, facing a, a you know a, a square in a room mm -hmm. just so he could get the recording because the acoustics yeah, weren't, yeah. weren't very good. And at were the time. they were they Harry Smithfield recordings like some of his uh, music that surfaced? I think it's even a case like that where, you know, it was essentially bootlegs, you know, yeah. like early bootleg trade. Um, you know, his music wasn't widely available until, I think that's part of it with, you know, bands like Led Zeppelin and stuff too, that um, until those were released, you know, by a major label and widely available to people other than just like blues record traders and collectors, um, you know, that stuff became available in the 60s and mm -hmm. these, you know, young musicians were hearing it for the first time and just being like, you Where know, is this holy mackerel, you know, well, this although is... Although his music wasn't widely available at the time because you would pretty much have to go, you know, You'd see, have him to see him perform. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently exactly. Strychnine was widely available at the time <laughs> uh, because it was a, like a, a normal pesticide. That, yeah, you know, right. you oh, just, baby food. Yeah, yeah, you could just yeah. you could just buy for a, a pesticide, and and the fact that he drank it out of a bottle of whiskey, uh, mm -hmm. the, the 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 taste of the whiskey was so strong that it really could have masked the masked the, the toxic flavor that you're getting from the from the strychnine. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, this guy's, you know, what he said that he had no uh, guitar skills whatsoever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't know how to play the guitar at all. You know, and then uh, in a matter of weeks, you know, was a uh, or you could say it in this way: maybe he didn't make a deal with the devil. Maybe he just did something so influential that no one had ever heard before. He was yeah. the only one who knew how to play it like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's, it's like like Hendrix. Like I don't know how you would play the stuff he plays left-handed. You know what I mean? I, it's just in my brain. I'm like, how do you even accomplish that stuff? Well, I, well, and a lot of well, it was well. Let me let me clarify: left-handed with a uh, upside-down uh, right-handed guitar. Exactly. You know, not just yeah. a, a lefty. So it, it's. You know, and it, and it was experimentation as well. So he was probably oh, yeah. doing the same exact stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I can get these kind of notes, and I can kind of get this sort of rhythm, you know. And there's it, those things kind of just flow together, and he made his own style. Yeah, well, it's like uh, when they uh, were making uh, Rocket '88, like uh, the distortion of the guitar was just something where there was a blown out amp, and uh, you know, uh, like Turner who was the piano player on that song, mm -hmm. he goes, nah, man, leave it in there. I think that sounds good. So that, And that's your first distorted music, distorted guitar sound. And then, yeah, on purpose. You know, yeah, on, purpose, yeah. On, on accident by purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like purposefully on accident. But like, right. you know, it's, it's that, that I think is what the basis of this whole thing is. It's the whole 27 thing is, is folklore. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, was, it really was... is. And it's just, there's so much in art that so it's it's shrouded in man it's absolutely shrouded in it. it's like you know you get the you get the guys like Kurt Cobain he dies at 27 and then you start thinking well man this guy's this guy's clearly a student of the game right did he do it on purpose yeah did his wife do it on purpose for him <laughs> see and it goes back to I mean anytime you mention this whole 27 thing it's not just a basic like oh he died in his bed all peaceful and happy you know, yeah. this is it. There's always carnage, something yeah. foul. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, foul. Well, well, that's with a, with Kurt, with Kurt Cobain though. I mean, he was found with a shotgun at his chin. <laughs> yeah, 
And yes. also, not just that, but he was, you know, he went into rehab, mm -hmm. left the, the day that he went in, then went home and was found a few days later, at, you know, right. after his death. Right. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's obvious that he was having some turmoil in his life. Exactly. And most of these people on this list. That's one of the no. things that I talked about right at the beginning. Yeah. Is you have these young kids who are thr thrust into this thing. They don't know what to do. I mean, that, like, I, they, like you, uh, your body changes psychologically between the ages of eighteen and thirty-five. Yeah. Twenty-seven is the middle. Yeah. And yeah. think about all the how, like, how many? How, I mean, I know I, I had a friend <laughs> who. <laughs> I know I had a friend who can't smoke a vaporizer without choking. Without choking. <laughs> Give that one a shot. But um, like, I had a friend who um, when he turned uh, twenty-two became schizophrenic. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, that's when it happens. Yeah. You know, you have, you have these, uh, especially, you know, and I, I wouldn't even say with the, with the Kurt Cobain thing, Kurt Cobain thing, it's like, that's clearly drug induced. And, you know, a guy who was frightened of the, of the scene to begin with, of and, then, yeah. and then they got really, really big. So a guy who was afraid of the whole thing to begin with, Jim Morrison too. Oh yeah. Absolutely yeah. afraid to be on stage. That guy becomes the biggest thing in the world. What's he gonna do? Of course he's gonna yeah. seek comfort in drugs, alcohol, and whatever else he can get his hands on. But then again, else. then you have, you know, there's the Courtney Love angle, and then you have just the fact that by being a junkie, he probably had to deal with shitty people, and, you know, I don't particularly believe any of the conspiracies. I think he probably did shoot himself, but it is funny, you know, when people become uh, folk legend status almost, how you know, when there's so many things, you know, when you have time between the body found and stuff and there's, you know, little indiscrepancies and all, which, you know, you could probably find in the most mundane situation if you look hard enough, but right. when it's under such scrutiny because of the level that the person is at, it, you know, it makes for some interesting, like, oh, you know, what if, or, yeah, oh, that person did it, you know, are cut and dry. Yeah, and no one will ever know. And I think that's what will keep the continue, you know, the legend continuing, you know? Yeah. Very same thing with Jim Morrison and mm -hmm. people like Brian Jones, that there's still, still to this day, cults of people that, you know, think Morrison's alive or, you right. know, Brian Jones really was killed because, you know, he was useless in the Stones and it really was his band. I mean, he was... He was like co-founder. The founder. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was... He was the musician that was like, hey, buddies, let's, you know, let's get together. And, I mean, their first two or three albums are basically all blues covers. But once they started writing their own music, yeah, you know, Mick and Keith wrote a lot. But Brian always wrote the interesting stuff right. or added the interesting things. That's him playing sitar on Paint It Black. That's him playing marimba on, you know, um play with fire or whatever you know he uh he was the the more worldly one musically you know he was he was the risk taker where they were the kind of you know basic rock and roll songwriters which isn't right. to take away from what they did either um you know your average cover band you know there's there's just things that keith richards in his tunings and the way he plays that are very subtle but they're they're there, you know, yeah. so I can't take away from that. But Brian Jones was their creative spark. And I mean, after he died, they were never as interesting again. I mean, Exile on Main Street's a great album, but it's a dirty blues record, you know, <laughs> it's not 
it's not experimental. Also that took almost two years to make. Mm-hmm. And they get mm-hmm. and they get thrown out of England. Yeah. Oh yeah. And make it in the basement of a mansion, <laughs> drug fueled. Oh yeah. You know. And then, and then the funny thing is, is none of the. If you listen to when they re-released it, I think two years ago, if you listen to it, they have the recordings of what they did while they were in France. And the album didn't really get that interesting until they came to the States and put all the black chicks on it. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's true. honestly, like, it wasn't until it got some soul on it that it actually really became a legendary kind of thing. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I, 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 I've always, like, I've, I haven't been the biggest Stones fan, but, because I was, I guess, I've, you know, Stones, Beatles, I was a Beatles guy, but, like, I think the Rolling Stones do have so much more mystery in them because they're rich kids who wanted to be. And they're still alive. Yeah. That that's the mystery to me. It's like how can how's Charlie Watts still doing? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I've always said Charlie Watts died ten years ago, and now he's just a Disney animatron. <laughs> right. Just wheeling out there. He, he looked old then, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He really did. Yeah. He, he he's the only one who truly looks his age, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, even up until just recently, with uh, like what Amy Winehouse. Yeah. She's in the club now. You know, she was uh what British. We would call that Don Pop. Is that? I mean, it's like it's poppy. hard to say. I mean, I I'd, I'd call it, you know, certainly. I, I don't know, '60s throwback certainly, she was, but she I, was she very was a soul singer. Yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. she was a soul singer. The the British equivalent of girl group and Motown, you yeah, know, but that's a good, yeah. you know, revamped for a modern audience. But she uh, incredibly talented, great songwriter, great voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, she did that that song Valerie or whatever, and. Um, there's an acoustic version of her doing that where you can where they videotape it and you can see she's totally strung out. But there's something like I don't know sexy's not the word I want to say because it's not sexy. There's something you're just like attracted to it, like man, like I want to well, see the, the like, art. You kinda wanna, wanna see her fail, but then when she does so good at it, you're just like, damn it, like look how like incredibly well, that's, that's free the, she is. That's yeah. the hard thing, is like when you're talking about what we said earlier about expanding your I mean, this isn't, I am no way a proponent for, for drug use to expand your brain, because whatever. But it, it does take away those inhibitions, especially being on stage. You know, that is one of the hardest things to, to get past being a performer, is that everybody's going to look at me, everybody's going to laugh at me, they're not going to like me, what am I doing here? You know, that whole spiel that goes through your brain every single time you do it. I never say that. Because you don't care. <laughs> And you and you're tone deaf, so. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. All right. So I wanted to mention. Uh, so, do you, does everybody know who Crispus Attucks is? Totally. Yeah. Crispus Attucks, uh, of course, was the uh, first man to get killed in the Revolutionary War. It happened at the uh, Boston uh, Massacre in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, in uh, 1770, and he was most likely an American slave uh, that was turned into a freeman at the time. So he was actually actually a, a, a freeman, uh, African-American gentleman uh, who was killed. And he was 27 years old at the time. Hmm. So, uh, you know, a little earlier than Robert Johnson, just saying. <laughs> he, is, he is the quintessential case of wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. You have the Sons of Liberty who are taking frozen oyster shells and throwing them at 
British soldiers trying to provoke them to fire on them to start a war. Right. And then, of course, they kill the the innocent bystander who's just hanging out. Right. Like they like the guy the the guy shot on the whoever the the guys defended by John Adams by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the guy shoots just to randomly to scare everybody, and he hits Crispus Attucks. I think well, only like two people died in the Boston Massacre, right? Yeah, uh, it was a little over. Uh, yeah, well, I think it was three: Samuel Gray and James Carville okay. as well. Paul Revere. That doesn't really make a massacre. No, no. It's, it's it was. It's, it's yeah. a Friday night. In, it's a Friday night in North Avenue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, Paul Revere, he's a he uh, he does the the metal the, the lithographs or whatever. Yeah. Right. So. Of course, they get him, and he makes the most famous picture of it of all time. And it looks like you got 27 soldiers firing on <laughs> six a, little a kids. Mass. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's unbelievable, man. It's right. like, that is, and, it, and I guess that's, a, you know, like I said, wrong place, wrong time, man. And that guy goes down in history as the first uh, death of the revolution. Mm. And an amazing uh, early example of good old American spin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you don't. You want to talk about all the dirty stuff, and we could have that. We get a whole podcast about all the dirty laundry in America's closet. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big laundry basket. That'd be a long podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. The, I mean, like that's yeah. that's. I just goes to show you that uh, it's creepy. Oh yeah, twenty-seven is creepy. Twenty-seven is a creepy number. It's in and around everything. So uh, we had mentioned uh, a little bit before we actually started, um, and I, I'm going to butcher this because, you know, I'm the greatest with p- pronunciation, <laughs> but Thwai Thrang, she was the uh, yellow Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. She was a uh, Vietnamese-American actress, ac- actress, and she died in a uh, car accident September 3rd, 2001, near San Francisco, and uh, she was also a uh, another member of the 27 Club. Wow. So I, you know, we're talking about twenty-seven. Let's let's. We can also talk about some near twenty-seveners. Near twenty-seveners. Well, we got it's like a near Earth orbit. Well, let me well, just let me just shoot this one out because this yeah. one's amazing. Do you guys know who Kikio is? Kikio? Uh, no. Did Why don't anybody you ever watch Free Willy? Oh yeah. So the 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 uh, whale in Free Willy uh, is named uh, Kikio, and uh, she actually died at twenty-seven years old. Get Seriously? Out. Yes, I swear. Yeah, Free so, Willy yeah. died at 27. Died at 27, oh, well, yes. Uh, and they say that Michael Jackson's innocence died at 27. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that all comes together. Right. Full circle. Sun and the moon. But like, and in the ejaculate. Yeah, right? Yeah, man. But it's like, like the near 27ers, you got the, you know, Hank Williams Sr., you got, you know, Marilyn Monroe who gets lumped into all this stuff too. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh my God! I mean, there's, the list goes on, man. The list goes. Heath Ledger. Yeah. Heath Ledger was be- barely 28. Like he had just turned 28. He's right over the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. But still, man. I mean, that's that's it's a, it's a crazy situation, man. All all these uh, you know incredible talents. Some more talented than others. Some mm-hmm. some more folklore than others. But right, right. But I think it is. I, it's, it's such a weird time in a person's life. Just. Cause you get past all the angst and BS of your teen years and then your early 20s, you're, I don't know who I am. And then, you know. Was that exactly how you said it? That's, ex- seriously. <laughs> I was like, no, I, was, I think it was like 23 the first time I was like, I don't know who I am. I'm going to die alone. <laughs> right. Um, but I said it a little more Seinfeld-y, I believe. 
there you go. I don't know who I am. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's, it's still a very weird time for for most people. It's just because you know they're still out of college and still getting in the workforce or wherever their past led them. It's just a weird time. So maybe it's you know mental. Maybe it's physiological. Maybe it's uh, spiritual thing. I, I have no clue. But it just seems that around that time frame, there are a, a lot of incidences for, for uh, you know, deaths and heart issues and, you know, just things you have to deal with. Quarter life crisis. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there you go. J.D. Salinger died on January 27th, 2010. Uh, of course, you know uh, him from writing uh, The Catcher in the Rye um, <clears throat> with that little uh, holding Caulfield. And uh, th it's said that it's possible that there was a missing chapter, because there's only 26 chapters in the book, that there was a missing 27th chapter mm. that he never released. Lou Reed died on October 27th. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 27 kids were killed at the Newtown, Connecticut, or 27 people. Right. Or killed at the Newtown, Connecticut shootings, which some people believe didn't even happen. How? That's crazy. Mm. How do you not even? That, that's that, that's the same people who think George Bush f flew an airplane into the towers. You know? like, same guy. <laughs> They're the same people. They hang out together. You know? Right. The, the, yeah, deniers. Yeah, they go to the same Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Deniers club. Alan Wilson uh, from Canned Heat. He had a barbiturate overdose that may or may not have been a suicide. Uh, that was in 1970. Um, Pigpen McKernan. He was Grateful the Dead. yeah keyboard player for the Grateful Dead. Apparently, a bit of an <laughs> too. Um, there's a story <laughs> in the Grateful Dead. Yeah, uh, there's a story of um, the Doors and the Grateful Dead were playing a festival together. And something happened with Ray's keyboard. He famously used a Vox Continental, and which is the same one that Pigpen used. And he asked to borrow it for their set. And Pigpen was like, no, nobody uses the Grateful Dead's gear, man. And Ray was like, look, man, you know me. I'm Ray. I'm from the Doors. We're going on right before you. Like, please. Like, it would save the show. And, you know, no bueno. So... You know, I guess no big loss there. Right. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Pete Ham from Badfinger. Um, he hung himself in 1975. Uh, Badfinger were signed by the Beatles' Apples record, and, you know, one of the purest examples of great pop rock. Um, they, in a lot of ways, probably could have been the next Beatles, and, yeah, I think they still had a little bit of success without him, but not much, and, you know... Uh, I don't even think the Beatles or the record label like released a statement when he died. You know, wow. it was it was pretty shady. But you know, I thought I'd bring that up. And you know, they used a Bad Finger song in the Breaking Bad finale, so yeah. I guess it's kind of a current thing. Um, Jacob Miller, uh, one of the best reggae ska dub artists ever. Um, he died in a car accident in 1980. And I don't know how I missed this. I'm going to backtrack a little bit to 1975. Dave Alexander, uh, the original and, in my opinion, best bassist of the Stooges, um, died of a pulmonary edema 
uh, brought on by years and years of drinking. Now, keep in mind, he was only 27, mm -hmm. but uh, from a band known for being juvenile delinquents, yes, like he was, yeah. he was the delinquent they all looked up to. Mm -hmm. uh, Ron he and Scott early. Ashton were pretty much mama's boys, and by all, by all accounts, Iggy was pretty clean-cut back then. Uh, but Dave wore a leather Before jacket. Yeah, yeah, pre-peanut <laughs> pre butter days. Um, you know, Dave, Dave was the general no-good Nick. He was definitely the delinquent of the bunch. Um, apparently, you know, his first, I think it was first day of high school or first day of 10th grade, um, he was dared or bet um, to leave school. And 45 minutes into the first day of school, he just left and never came back. Uh, he, I think, sold his motorcycle, and him and Ron Ashton, who went on to become the guitarist of the Stooges, bought plane tickets to England to see The Who and try to find the Beatles and the Stones. Nice. And they didn't, but they came back with a lot of clothes and the idea to start a rock and roll band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they gathered Iggy and Ron and Scott, or Scott, and formed the Stooges. And uh, they actually fired Dave because he ate a giant ball of hash on top of some LSD at a huge festival. It was one of their biggest gigs ever. And there's a bootleg circulating of it. And first two songs right off the bat sound all right. But then the hash kicked in and, the, you know, the bass is sporadic and then just non-existent. <laughs> and, um, it's interesting because I feel like he really thought he was on fire, but he no, was, is really. He thought he, he was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he ran off the stage. And it's it's playing still technically good, but it's in slow motion. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. That's awesome. So they gave him the can, and he never bounced back from that. Um, you know, he just drank himself into oblivion. And uh, on Iggy's first solo record, uh, The Idiot, um, there's a song called Dum Dum Boys that was pretty much written about the Stooges, and there's a spoken interlude in that. And he says, hey, man, where's Dave OD'd on alcohol? And, you know, <laughs> that's Dave Alexander. Uh, Mike Watt also, the first um, show the reunited Stooges played at Coachella. Uh, Mike Watt, of course, from uh, the Minutemen and his own solo stuff. Uh, he wore a Dave Alexander shirt uh, as tribute to him when filling in. I'd also like to mention... D. Boone, uh, one-third of the Minutemen with Mike Watt, uh, they were driving somewhere, I want to say Arizona, I might be wrong about that, but they were on tour, uh, Minutemen, and D. Boone was very sick, uh, so he was lying down in the back of the van, and I don't remember what caused the accident to happen, but basically the van swerved off the road, oh. he was thrown out the back, neck broken immediately. And Clint basically, situation right there. yeah, and every every single thing that Mike Watt has done since then, he's dedicated to that. Oh, wow. That's every one of his albums. You look, it says dedicated to D. Boone somewhere. Well, that, that will change your whole game a little bit. Totally. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I don't think Metallica ever recovered from their uh, <laughs> from their bus accident. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I have this. You know, I do like that Jason Newstead, though. Yeah, I like that he was a fan. And yeah. they let a fan be in the band. I thought that was kind of cool. It's a shame they didn't let him play bass on uh, Injustice for All because 
he would have been great, but he's nowhere in that mix. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. a shame because that that would have been a great album. It just sounds so tinny without mm -hmm. without his playing. Yeah, they hated that until he left, and then they're like, oh. Come back, come back to us. We we know how to get along now. We saw a therapist. <laughs> Lars. <laughs> Dude, nobody likes Lars, man. Nobody likes I Lars. Lars likes Lars. Lars, took, Lars took away everybody's free music, man. <laughs> Lars sucks. <laughs> Honestly, he's a little. You know that he's got a Napoleon complex like anybody, man. I, that's unbelievable. I, I like that they. Uh, um, oh my God, what's the movie with Russell Brand? Get him the Greek. Have you guys seen that? I, yeah, I never, like when it first came he's out. He's banging Russell, White, Russell, whatever his name's last, uh, ex-girlfriend, ex-wife or whatever. And it's just, it's he's just a dick. It's like, it's, <laughs> so he's just, but, but, but kind of like, I kind of like liked him. I'm like, man, like, I, don't, I don't really like you, man. But like, you, <laughs> right. you played how everybody thinks you are. <laughs> that's who he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but anyway, back 27, guys. Yeah. What else you got? You got anybody else over there that's... Uh, Mia Zapata. The singer of the Gits, uh, she was murdered. Um, oh, she was at 27 too? Yes, she was. Yeah, there was like a whole documentary that they put out about that, I think. Yeah, that was in 1993, and uh, a lot of shady circumstances. It sounds like she was really, <laughs> really put through the ringer. Um, and then I, I can never pronounce this woman's name, but it's uh, Kristen P. Oh, I can't even read my own spelling. Like, she was the basis for Hole. Uh, yeah, she OD'd well, we, in 1994. Yeah, because oh, we had yeah. mentioned uh, Courtney Love also. before because of uh, Kurt, but yeah, her, her bassist. I think it's Faf. It's like F-E-A-F-F. -F -F. Oh, yeah. Like Pfizer. It's like Faf. Or Fister. Yeah. Fister. Yeah. But that, she, that, that was an OD. I mean, it was yeah. pretty much, yeah. Yeah, not a probably not a lot of mystery there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. There's uh, uh there's there is a lot of mystery uh, throughout all of 27. Not specifically with that one, but <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, uh, but it, it, that's how far it runs. Not with just these popular culture references that we're talking about with the people and dying and stuff, but just through the, every through through every aspect of everything almost. Yeah, and that's what it just, seems like. It seems like it's everywhere. And not, not in sort of like a, oh, it's just there, you know? Wow. 27 days for the moon and the sun. I mean, that's, that's universal. Yeah. I mean, I'd all, I'll almost bet that's, you know, the, the origins have to be in that. I mean, yeah, that's the and only... That's, and that's what I think it is. A lot of it comes from, you know, ancient astrologers who set their calendars on solar or lunar cycles mm -hmm. you know and that's how how we get our modern calendars our modern month yeah mm -hmm. yeah so i mean because i mean that's what we go by is the lunar calendar yeah and so. you know you've harvest seasons you've got this season you know so things all coincide with with numbers here's a question for you any you guys ever, any you guys ever think about how okay if we would just deal with the moon as the 27 days of the, of the moon and made that our months do you think that has anything to do with like weird uh, temperature and climate fluctuations? Because over the years, like you know, like you round off a decimal and you, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, the remainder, like, the remainder. Like, like, do you think uh, there, there's a part of me that thinks like that? You know, we get these random uh, cold snaps late in winter that mm -hmm. maybe should be February, <laughs> right? You know, or like maybe the reason summer's hot until October because summer's not well, technically done yet and, and also the orbit isn't it's not perfect, perfect yeah so it there's wobble 
Your no. orbit's not perfect. Oh, God, I know it's not. Um, <laughs> uh, there's wobble on the axis. So even, you're talking, you know, a thousand miles mm -hmm. in space is huge when it comes to gravitational pull on, on the Earth. Not that so, I'm trying to be one of those people who don't believe in global warming, but, but there's a the side of it. There are other aspects that, to it. Yes. I don't know. There's a side of it. Yeah, there are other aspects. So you think there's some government agency with a, a, a huge world calendar that just keeps adding adding days, but they just replacing them with regular, you know, this is for the masses. We there's, really there's, know what time there's, it is. There's a, there's, a guy with a, there's a guy in a really big helicopter who's dropping salt in the clouds <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or something like that. Right. I'm sure. Why not? Yeah, why not, right? But he only does it on the 27th. All right, so here's something I just I just actually, I forgot to bring it up, and I don't know why, but uh, Pope John the Seventh. Oh, the bastard Pope. He, um... As Gora would say. Yeah. So first off, uh, he's the reason why um, uh, prostitutes are uh, their... their their fee is called a John mm -hmm. because he used to go, he went to prostitutes or whatever. Yeah. Rumored to be murdered by a jealous husband. He's a pope. Just, Chris. As the, yeah. Chris is looking at me now like, a pope did this? Yes. Well, also, he was. Um, when they weren't f boys. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> That's what pope do. Stupid boys and goats. Well, I mean, this, this is also someone who became a high ranking. Um, who became a high-ranking priest at 17 years old. Yeah. So in 10 years, he gets named the Pope, and he's like the youngest Pope ever. He worked uh, his way up quick. He, worked, he slept his way up the corporate ladder. <laughs> yep. But yeah, man, so this guy... 27 bones in his hand. Yep. So, I mean, so this guy, I mean, he's... Uh, I'm pretty sure we could do a whole a whole oh, yeah. night on that, man. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. And I, and I can't believe... Well, you know what it was? Because you started talking about Basquiat, and I have him. I have Basquiat 9 and Pope right, right. John... The seventh at ten. Nice. So, you got us off track. <laughs> Not that we were ever on track. No, I don't yeah. think we were. This was just a roundabout there. Yeah, yeah. man. I don't know. I I think we we covered a lot of stuff, man. We covered a lot of stuff, and I'm yeah. so happy that Dom is here because there were so many people that when I was looking this stuff up, I was like, I don't know who the hell that guy is. <laughs> you, know, like, like, you know, and then like I was, you know, when I saw when Chris told me you were coming, I was like. All of my questions are gonna right. answered. That's, that's what I was saying. Evening. I knew, I knew, I knew that like Dom was gonna pull something out, and he was gonna be like, "Oh, so and so from Sweet Fingers in 1962," and I'm like, "Who the f is Sweet Fingers? <laughs> what the what? You know what I mean? I just what knew you were gonna know like all these." <laughs> <laughs> The hell You're like, oh, well, that guy played on this other See, guy's Donnie, album. Donnie, and, is, Donnie is like was, the embodiment. bad finger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah See, I knew. I was close. You'd yeah. be surprised finger. how much you know about them, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Donnie, Donnie, to me, is he's the embodiment of, uh, what is that John Cusack? High fidelity? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Donnie is basically John Cusack. Top man. five bass players of all time who didn't live to be 31. Right. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, so Donnie, like, he's, he's my go-to for when I... I need music information from past and present and future. It's like, hey Don, uh, what happened to this thing and this guy? And he, he, like, right off, he actually know it. So that's that's one of the reasons why we had him on here. And that's always I've always wanted to be that guy. Well, you, but I've no, never you are, worked hard enough to do it. You are, but you have this this sort of like generalized because you do like the the um, the trivia stuff. So your wealth of knowledge is, is a little broader. Donnie's. Is, 
Well, I thought the soccer one was pretty awesome, and I wouldn't even. Yes, yeah, I, I didn't even think about sports at all. I was, see, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's, yours a little bit, a little bit more. Well, I, I just, my, my thing was like I knew that like I'm probably the only one out of the four of us that watches sports. So I was like, right. I'm gonna go find a couple of sports ones because those are they're in there. You gotta at least throw one or two in. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. And the soccer one. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like yeah. he may have thrown the thing, you know. That's well, he awesome. or or he just screwed up real. Yeah, bad. I mean, either way, he kicked a ball into and, his own nose. Yeah, <laughs> and the soccer hooligans—they don't call them soccer hooligans for nothing. Oh yeah, well, like well again, like I said, he was uh, he was a gambler, and he was in with gamblers. Mm -hmm. Same thing with you. Got these. We talked about it earlier. The the you know you do. You know, there's no. Uh, there's no heroin section at Walmart. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and it's like you got to go to a back alley to talk to which, a guy. Which is guy. a shame because if you really wanted to just, I mean, there's the after. <laughs> if you wanted Walmart to be bigger than it is, there are the after effects of heroin in Walmart. But well, that's what it's. Section. It's just kind of like one stop shop. <laughs> right. That's there, that, you know that is my favorite. The guy who's like, I don't mean to generalize. The guy I mean, who's in the towel section. Walmart. He was just like doing the Baltimore lean down, like the, the fallout. <laughs> just like, what's up with that guy? Eh, well, at least he's indoors. He's yeah, here. Yeah. You know, he could be in a crosswalk somewhere doing that. Like, right. And as long as he's not 27, we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even if he was, he would, uh, you know, probably look a lot older and you wouldn't even know right. that he was actually 27. So, right. all right, guys. Well, uh, that's our 27 episode. We want to uh, definitely thank uh, 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 Don and. Uh, Donnie's <laughs> over here double fisting the vaporizing uh, <laughs> apparatus. 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 This is apparatus. It's like apparatus. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like I was saying, that's uh, that's 27. We really want to thank uh, uh, Don uh, for coming out. We really want to thank Ray uh, for coming out. Does anybody want to plug anything? Got anything coming up, Ray? Uh, we got a live album coming out. Uh, when's this thing gonna air? Uh, probably about three weeks or so. We got a live album that came out two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Tell them where they can get it. I'm, I'm on tour currently. Because <laughs> it's a call-in show. <laughs> no, uh, you, you can get it on uh, iTunes, cdbaby.com, or you can just come see us at a show. And uh, if any of you are listening who donated to our Kickstarter for our tour and our album, I really honestly uh, thank you so much. And that was very nice of you. And I know that there will be some of you who did it because I definitely know that there are people who listen to this podcast who donate. And that was awesome of you. And uh, I want to thank you guys. Anytime, Ren. For being so sexy. <laughs> oh, anytime, Ren. We do, we do make some pretty good beards, if yeah. anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Beardy. So. Tom, what's up with you, man? Where's your beard at, man? What's going on? I left it at home. <laughs> I've never seen any facial hair, hair on Don ever. Yeah, you have. I you've have seen so. me be lazy. And I always I've leave seen... that. You've seen where I've left that. <laughs> So I've had to have had enough for that to be dramatic. But not like you've grown it out. I've seen you have a little bit of scruff, just a little bit. And you've always you've always keep your burns right down to the bottom of your ears, at least. You could be Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element. Yeah, you got horrifying. No, that's great. He's amazing. New costumes. Oh, you just need I don't want the leaky dome. It'd be so sick if it's a cold October. Leaky dome. 27 miles per hour right there. Right. All right, guys. We're done. <laughs> tonight, tonight has been brought to you by Gravy Face and Leaky Dome. <laughs>
Nobody's sleeping. All right, kids. Good night. <laughs>